Last week you come out here, you disparage the McMahon name, you make heinous, derogatory comments. Shane McMahon got in your face and jumped you, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He was all over you that apparently earlier tonight. Someone said to me that, well, you didn't fight back because you respected authority. That's right. You didn't fight back because you couldn't. You didn't fight back because Shane McMahon was beating your ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, big, big, bad, courageous Kevin Owens. I'm not going to fight back. What am I going to do? I'm going to sue. When you file the lawsuit, you will hear these words. Kevin Owens, yes! If there's not going to be a lawsuit, there's going to be a match. And that match will be inside Hell in the South. All right, me and Shane, Hell in the South, fine. But I need you to promise that I'm not going to get fired after I beat your son senseless. I need, I need you to give me your word that if provoked, I can beat a McMahon senseless. You got that word. You just gave your word that I can beat a McMahon senseless. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast, another wrestling podcast. It's called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. I'm Justin Morissette. And with me, once again, is uh, a man who had his gimmick infringed by Daniel Bryan this week. That was potentially. bullshit. That was bullshit. Let, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Daniel Bryan and I have been feuding for years. This is nothing new. This is just more underhand shit from like the biggest heel in wrestling, oh, Daniel you Bryan. You feel like Daniel Bryan snuck that in, that that wasn't Kevin Owens. Just Oh, no. It was obviously a shot at me from Daniel Bryan in the long list of shots at me from Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Daniel Bryan potentially going to be the janitor of SmackDown Live uh, <laughs> if Kevin Owens gets his wish to take over and make at the Kevin Owens show, uh, but that is, of course, gimmick infringement on my friend and yours, the custodian himself, the janitor, Josh Custodio. It's time to take out the trash! See? Electric. No yeah. wonder he doesn't want me on the map. Exactly. This, this bum Daniel Bryan, he couldn't wrestle, yeah. and now he still can't wrestle, and uh, he grows the beard. He's from the Pacific Northwest. Aberdeen. The guy's been biting, from, yeah. He's been biting my style for years, and anyone who's been paying attention he's has just been this. burying you every step of the way. It's a little frustrating, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and you were like, no. And he was like, yes. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are a hot start, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> gonna, this is a hot start. It is a hot start, and we got to speed things along this yeah, week. Yeah, let's get right. We went... We went pretty long last week. Let's just week. get to it. Yeah. Now, this show, if you're not familiar, <laughs> yeah. every episode is someone's first episode. That's right. I think. It's all probably also someone's last episode. I might even maybe. listen this week. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's not your last episode. And I hope it is someone's first episode because that means that the show is growing every yes. single week, which would be nice to see. Yeah. Instead of just capping out at about the 
80 to 100 people that we have. But, you know, hey, I appreciate each and every one of you. Doesn't sound that way, Justin. I, I do. I appreciate all of our listeners oh, down okay. to the person. Okay. Well, that's very kind of you. Yeah, I'm just a very yeah. nice person. Yeah, that's why Daniel Bryan has been burying you. Yeah, that guy. Way. But everyone knows he's an asshole, so yeah. that makes perfect <laughs> exactly. sense. The, exactly. The guy lives in, like, a hut in the woods. Each and every week here on Top Marks, we break down the top three biggest stories in the world of wrestling. Sometimes. To us, anyways. Yeah. We kind of skipped over that whole sexy star thing. Yeah. Though I feel like we didn't record that week. If we had, we probably would have covered that. I don't know how much there's to say about the sexy star in Yeah, she's just a fucking idiot. Yeah, everyone agrees that she's an asshole, and it's bad. And has felt like wrestling is beneath her for quite a long time. I That's feel like right. she's tried to transition into boxing. Yeah. Which, yeah. good luck. She's not, like, that strong in a shoot fight, I don't think. Maybe she She'd thought probably all of get her... killed. <laughs> Maybe in all of her wrestling matches, she thought they were shoots. And yeah. she's like, I'd be beating other yeah. underground champion against men. Exactly. Like, I'm obviously extremely tough. Exactly. If, yeah. That maybe that's maybe that explains. There we go. We just covered the entire. We didn't miss that round. We we're saving it for this, where I had that great <laughs> anecdote. Like Justin was saying, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first episode, welcome to the family. And uh, like he said, we're gonna go over the three biggest topics in wrestling this week. And uh, Justin, do you want to know what those are this week? I would love to, but before you do a rundown of what they are, let me just give the parameters of the format of Please the program. We're going to address these topics for a limit of 15 minutes at a time. That is the length, of course, of a WCW television title match. If 15 minutes elapses and there is no victor determined, we will sound the buzzer and simply move on and call it a draw. I think there's going to be... A- Probably three more draws yeah. this week. Every single week thus far, every single round has been a draw. We've seen 39 draws to this point <laughs> and hope to see three more here today. Hang on a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something here. I'm going to plant a seed for next week. Okay. Okay, this is what wrestling needs to do more of. Give you a reason to tune in. Next week, I'm going to listen to this podcast this week, and I'm going to deem a winner between you and I for this week. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Why is that? Because you're a... Com- Competitor. Yeah, but everybody yeah. knows I'm very That's objective. Like Triple H putting himself over all the time. Well, listen, I think of the two of us, I'm the more objective, obviously. I don't know so, about uh, that. So, uh, that sounds very subjective to me. See, here you are doing it again. I- I'm just trying to you know, be objective, and you're trying to put some sort of angle on it. So next week, there will be a determined winner for this week's episode. All right, I look forward to that. Me too. But in the meantime, what are our three topics this week? Justin, this week we're going to talk about three separate things. And the round number one. You and I watched 205 Live last night. We did. And uh, I think walked away with some opinions. I want to talk about the state of the cruiserweight division, what they can do with 205 Live to continue this sort of what feels to me like upward momentum, uh, and that entire picture. Are you into this? I'm, I am, yeah. And in round number two, we're going to touch on something, I can only call it very near and dear to my heart, the Mae Young Classic. Uh, as, a, as a lover of the ladies, you, of course, love the Mae Young Classic, and we're going to talk about that. The final happened last night. And it's very weird that you would call it near and dear to your heart when you were just saying that you didn't like it very much. Yeah, I mean... But we'll save that for... We'll save that for the round. later, I guess. And around number three... I'm just calling bullshit on you, like, <laughs> I'm such a nice guy. Yeah, no, I'm a terrible yeah, person. you got heel tendencies, yeah, folks. Don't rest- let him fool you. I, listen, I'm... Listen, we've firmly established you're the baby face of the podcast. True. But the fact that you keep rubbing it in makes it, it's you true. know... Might have a double turn. Yeah, you were saying that, like, the final of the Mae Young Classic, it was pretty good, but, like, does it compare to, like, a Terry Runnels versus the Cat <laughs> Mud match? I no, think probably I think, not. Honestly, I think... Now, that's your opinion. Yeah, I yeah. didn't say that. It's a pretty good opinion, I think. <laughs> I, I don't know who could really disagree with it at this point. If that Mud match was uh, an instant <laughs> classic, and the Cat, with her moveset based around slaps, was... Yeah, uh, an entire slap-based uh, moveset. Yeah, she was... 
Yeah, much. Anyway, yeah, we'll get to that. She dressed up like China. Ah, it was like a little baby China. Got him. <laughs> uh, and around number three, we're going to talk about, uh, I mean, I think the segment that stole the week. Uh, Vince McMahon made as much a way to return to SmackDown. And we're going to talk about what the goings-ons there. On top of that, we have an ep- another episode of Sunday Night Tweet. I think that's it, Justin. Yeah, it was a SmackDown that felt very much like a pay-per-view. It sure did. And it certainly delivered the goods, uh, I would say, in some cases, more than most brand-split pay-per-views. Oh, yeah. I uh, We can talk We can talk about that in the round. I yeah. thought it was a great SmackDown, too. But let's start it off. Wait, wait, wait. Justin, Justin. What? You know that we have a paid advertiser oh, right. on this show. Sponsorship, you know, I forgot. You know we got to make our money. That's we don't true. do this. If we weren't getting this money, we wouldn't be here That's right true. now. Yeah, we'd be taking a bath on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, uh, Justin, uh, this one this one uh, has a little bit of participation from you, okay? So okay. Just, just answer the questions honestly, okay? okay we should do a, a separate, like, offshoot podcast about, uh, like, money management. Yeah, yeah. taking a bath with <laughs> Josh and Justin. <laughs> I do have a couple hours of business school under my belt. There's... Uh, I think this, and if you look at my apartment, obviously I'm doing terribly. <laughs> yeah. So we'll. Uh, I feel like a lot of people would tune in for two guys like in a bath together. <laughs> yeah, this is. There's definitely a community yeah. for you and I in a bath <laughs> together. <There's, laughs> definitely hit on something there. All right, Justin. I don't. I don't need any laughter. The good people. All right, it's very serious. You know, people pay for this ad. Yeah, do I have a, a? Do I have a copy of the script here? Am I a character in this one? Well, you just got to answer like you normally okay, would. Yeah, okay. Of course. Of course. <clears throat> Is your name Justin Morissette? What? Yes, of course it is. Do you love spending money? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Yes. Also, yes. Do you play the bass? I never have before, but I would love to try. Boy, this is your opportunity, Justin, because it sounds like what you need is a mid-2000s Epiphone Thunderbird bass. This is the most targeted ad I've ever experienced oh, before. Here's the thing. This is like Minority Report, you know, <laughs> and they, like, scan your retinas. It and is kind of like, like Minority Report. Justin, this bass is exclusively for you. Justin, you did the thing I don't like when you do. What? Again, we have this ad copy. No, this is all in the copy. Oh, is this part of the... And this right here is also in the copy. Yeah, this is gold. Yeah. This is gold. Anyways, let's get back to the copy. Uh, So, yeah, (laughs) if you need a mid-2000s Epiphone bass, you can use promo code TOTMARKS. Uh, You just tweet it out. Yes. And, uh, I mean, there's no deal yeah there's not like a i know sometimes like a discount code gives you a discount but this is more twenty dollars off your first no, purchase maybe yeah, yeah nothing like that yeah. no this is a discount code that more just uh uh how well would I mean, you say? it's hard to like discount your first purchase when there's only one base that's the thing what i'm gonna give somebody a, I, or, I mean they are gonna give somebody a deal on their ba- well i mean it it is my base. Yeah, but, but it's the company. That's right. It's yeah. a different. It's a separate entity. So once again, if you need a mid two thousands Epiphone Thunderbird base, use promo, promo code, code Top Marks for a feel good moment yeah. in your life. Yeah, it's a yes, good, that's good. what you get out of it. Yeah, and you also might get a base, perhaps if that's something that interests you, as it does me. And with that. Let's go to round number one. Round one. Fight. <laughs> Justin, I do not weigh 205 pounds. I'm a little more than that. But I am alive. I feel you on that. Which means I am maybe half of what 205 Live is looking for. Yeah. You're, you're live and in the flesh. Even if you're not sub 205. You know what? There's probably some guys out there that aren't sub 205 either. I I don't think Cedric Alexander is actually under 205. He he probably was for the actual Cruiserweight Classic, but at this point, like, I feel like he had to cut weight to make that. And you're not maintaining that over the course of a year and a half. Certainly not. 
Uh, Justin, okay, so last night we watched what I thought was a pretty strong episode of 205 Live after a very strong SmackDown. Would you agree with that? Uh, very much so, yeah. Uh, great. It was like a pay-per-view quality SmackDown. So what would you say, leading up to last night, your viewing habits of 205 Live are? I'm one of those people who was very excited about it from the beginning because I loved the Cruiserweight Classic. Of course, So when yeah. it first debuted, I did tune in for the first episode, and I probably watched like three weeks after that as well, uh, just in hopes that some sort of momentum would build here. And we would see this show blossom into even something that half resembled the kind of wrestling that we got on a consistent basis from the CWC. Right. That didn't happen. So my viewing habits kind of tapered off, unfortunately. But I will say someone uh, who was very excited for Talking Smack every single week, Ah. like Talking Smack was my number one show. Overall. Even beyond Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, I would say so. Cause oh, like, man, it was some, so good. Sometimes, man, sometimes Raw and SmackDown can feel like a chore. And I've said this before. This week, not so much. Both shows were great. SmackDown yeah. probably a little bit more so. Uh, but overall, like, you just knew that maybe not on an episode where, like, The King or, say, Shane McMahon or JBL were guest hosting in the absence of Daniel Bryan. But if it's a Daniel Bryan-Renee episode of Talking Smack, it doesn't really matter who the guests are going to be. You know that you're going to get something special from that show, or you would. Now, for those of you who are listening in the the States, if you're an American listener... Uh, which I don't know if we have any. It's it's possible. We probably do. I think yeah, somebody yeah, well, yeah, must. Yeah, I think Michael J. Foyce is American. There we go. Yeah. Uh, the WWE Network in Canada is available as a streaming service online through your web browser. But primarily, it is an actual channel on your television. So when I go to record Talking Smack... Uh, as I used to do all the time. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Talking Smack. What a show. Uh, um, the timing of these things would never quite work out because, you know, when you go to set your PVR to record something, it's always for like a, a set time right at the top of yeah. the hour. And the WWE Network, for whatever reason, just never seems to time out like that. Sure, Because yeah. probably, like, SmackDown runs over, which means 205 doesn't start in time. Yeah, pay-per-views or, and shows don't have, like, a set minute that they're all done at. I mean, they should, in theory, but right. they don't. Because yeah. wrestling is, uh, you know, very self-indulgent and, and is going to stay on the air as long as it needs to. <laughs> and the USA Network is apparently just fine with that. Not to bring us too far down the rabbit hole, but how the hell does Raw run over? Yeah. It's, yeah <laughs> Three that hours! No sense. And they can't get everything in. In some weeks, it should be that Raw is short. Because, like, they'll do short pay-per-views, but never a short Raw for some reason. Regardless, uh, I would always catch the main event of 205 Live. It would always be on the very beginning of my recording of Talking Smack, which was, like, uh, you know, just cut the bullshit from 205 Live, get rid of all that undercard stuff, and you typically get a main event match that delivers the goods week in and week out. So I might not have been tuning in week to week, but I was kind of keeping up with it in a way and mostly enjoying what I was seeing, but knowing that I probably wouldn't enjoy what I wasn't seeing. That's, I think, of super fair, and I think the of everything on 205 Live, those main events did generally deliver. And they still do. Oh, yeah, and I, I don't see why that would stop, because you can make a case for so many of the guys in the Cruiserweight division being some of the most elite guys on the entire roster. From your Nevilles, Gallagher wrestles a super unique style. I think TJ Perkins does things in ring that... Are incredible. Incredible, which say nothing of your guy, Grand Metalik. I mean, the, the, ta- the talent... I mean, 
Akira Tozawa, even. In-ring talent is the furthest thing from 205 Live. And I think the, Bri- like, the Brian Kendrick. I just called him the Brian Kendrick Could you for a second there. Hey, it's the Brian Kendrick. It's the Brian Kendrick. Hey, the Brian Kendrick. The Brian Kendrick. Uh, also, like, you know, for as uh, he's the elder statesman of the division. Yeah. But I feel like he also brings the goods more often than not. There's a reason why he gets put in these high-profile positions and feuds within that show as basically the de facto top heel is because he is consistently going to deliver a pretty good match overall. And I thought that street fight that he had with Tozawa Excellent. like a month and a half ago was spectacular. I-, I was actually very surprised when they started 205 Live that Kendrick wasn't the champion because he did seem to have the most personality of everybody too like and a well rounded plan He's the man with the plan. Great theme. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm into Brian Kendrick. So we agree. 205 Live's issue is not any sort of in-ring performer. Quality. No, it is. It was a general lack of direction from a story perspective. Yes, and I feel like that is starting to change lately. How much of that do you think has to do with the influx? Influx of Enzo Amore. Uh, it's tied to it definitely. Because we've had this conversation before. I don't know that we've had it on the air. But, like, Enzo Amore, in much the same way that, like, Kevin Owens was such a just force of personality on the main roster for a time, that it seemed like so many people were defined by their relation to him. Be right. It Chris Jericho or Sami Zayn or, or uh, any number of Numerous people others, pulled John into Cena, that, yeah. you know, uh, orbit for a little bit. Um, Enzo Amore is the similar like force of personality, but from a babyface perspective, where all of these guys who've been on 205 Live for quite a long time, and maybe none of them have ever had a storyline of their own, because it seems yeah. like very few storylines on 205 even existed other, other than that lengthy Tozawa and Kendrick feud that I just referenced, which had a great blow-off, but overall terrible feud. Yeah, the lessons. And then, of course, there was the Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. Sorry, Alicia Fox storyline that seemed to just go (laughs) on forever and ever and ever. Like, outside of those two things, I can't really think of how, like, too many... Genuine plots that 205 Live has had, outside of maybe like TJP trying to be Neville's apprentice. Right, and even that was leaking into Raw. The yeah, that, that honestly was mostly told on Raw. Yeah, the, the Contained 205 ones, the only one I think you're missing is the Gallagher-Davari, the duel thing. Oh yeah, and that was, that was fun. But, but in general, you're right. I think they're lacking on some storytelling, and I think Enzo forces them. You hit the nail on the head, because how everyone now reacts to Enzo... Is their character to a degree. Yeah. Not, not their character, but it's an angle. It's something they're involved in. And I don't think it's a coincidence that at the same time that Enzo Amore, who is a guy who can talk all day but can't really wrestle, is injected into 205 Live, that we see this resurgence out of nowhere. A guy who is being buried on main event or superstars every single week. Right. My favorite Grand Metalik starts getting this monster push because he can do the things that Enzo can't, and they balance each other out in the grand scheme of this show as an overall program. Yeah. Uh, and so if just having Enzo there means we get the Grand Metalik push that we always should have been getting, then the entire Enzo Amore into 205 Live experiment is a success. It's on completely its worth it for you at that point. Never mind the way that he is defining the heels as well, because Tony Nese and Drew Gulak and guys like that are all being further defined by their rejection of him and yeah. refusal to believe that he belongs on their program. You mentioned his name here, so I'd like to chase this for a little bit, because I just think Drew Gulak, they have something here with Drew Gulak. 
Um, to Samice's gimmick, for those of you who haven't watched 205 Live, because like Justin said, why the hell would you? You've been trained not to. Yeah. Uh, Drew Gulak is currently running a gimmick where he has ideas for a better 205 Live. He's like a politician. Exactly right. Before his segment last night, we saw him like pamphleting people. So good. Just random people on the crew working backstage. <laughs> as he, yeah, is it's, it's Gulak... For a better 205 Live. It's a politician angle, basically. Which is, interestingly, he ran this in CZW while I was watching. He had, like, a cabinet of people and was trying to rebuild. It was really excellent stuff. Folks, sorry but, about the construction going yeah, on listen, outside I live, right now. I live in the hood. Yeah. Um, it, Goldberg out there with his jackhammer. Oh, very nice. Are there any other construction tie Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. Braun might have worked construction yeah, at some point. At some point. Here, Justin, you talk for 30 seconds. I'm going to close the window. <laughs> okay. Uh, Drew Gulak, of course. We talked about the star injection uh, of personality that the roster is getting generally from Enzo Amore. He got it from someone else last night. And I think this use of main roster talent in 205 Live does a lot to make the show itself feel special and also, again, just elevate these guys as as stars. Like, Drew Gulak, week after week after week, was on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. But he was tagging with Tony Nese. He would come out wearing his, like, dragon kimono or whatever, some Japanese jacket. Yep. But he never got mic time. Never. Nope. And, and how are you going to get over like that? Yeah, because clearly this guy is a character beyond what he had shown on television up to probably the last, like, three weeks. Yeah. And last night really firmless, firmly established him, to me anyways, as somebody who should be the top heel on 205 Live. Uh, there's, uh, as you know, and I suspect everyone listening to this podcast agrees with me, I'm not a Vince Russo fan, okay? I think Vince Russo has mostly bad opinions. However, Vince Russo is constantly talking about how the worlds of wrestling should bleed together. You should let the the women and the men interact, and the cruiserweights and the heavyweights. Who they're wrestling doesn't matter, but they cross paths. They interact with each other. And I think he's 100% right about that. Seeing the Fashion Police on 205 Live last night, they looked like the biggest stars on the show. That's who it was, by the way. It was the Fashion Police, oh, the- Tyler Breeze, and Fandango. I just alluded to it. We didn't actually say who it was. Oh, I was yeah. closing the window. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, they came out and interrupted Gulak, uh, his segment because they had heard reports of just a, a fashion criminal on the loose wearing little uh, you know diaper trunks Captain basically. Underpants yeah, Captain Underpants and my god Fandango was funny in this segment he was getting right up in uh, the face of Drew oh. Gulak saying that like you know they were they they were gonna manhandle him or whatever oh. I don't even remember what this he was, was saying this was so funny but he's so close to his face he's basically rubbing his nose in Drew's eyeball I think his nose was rubbing against his face and and somehow Drew Gulak maintains a straight face and never breaks character the entire time which itself deserves some sort of push that you could make it through this entire segment and not even smirk one single time like very impressive super impressive it's and I think it was really elevated by as great as Smackdown was last night there were no fashion police or fashion files on it so I think for the live audience not getting to see something they were looking forward to they show up on 205 Live. They got a huge pop. They felt like giant stars. And, and why shouldn't they? And beyond just no fashion files, like, if you think about it, 
every time we've seen Breezango lately, for the most part, they've had a couple matches here and there. But Very typically, far typically they have been relegated to like a pre-tape backstage segment. Yeah, and we don't see them live Very in seldom. the arena Very hardly seldom. ever. So for them to just come out and do this segment in the ring itself felt like kind of a big deal. It felt like a huge deal to me. Um, and I would like more of this bleeding together. I, I think that they should defend the cruiserweight title on NXT some weeks. I, I think that these are things that should happen. Um, are you going to keep up watching? Uh, 205 Live. I, th- I think so. Yeah. I'm going to try to because because I really enjoyed the show last week and we had like a big angle to close out the program as well. Jack Gallagher, the gentleman himself, turned heel. No longer an extraordinary gentleman. No. He, he is a villainous man wielding an umbrella. This one uh, feels weird to me. Jack Gallagher is a heel. I'm willing to see where it goes. I loved his... The performance though was great. He's such he a killer. He had these just cold, dead eyes. Yep. And I was like... Yeah, I I finished that show, and I it's not maybe can't wait is overstating it, but I'm very curious to see where we go from here, and definitely curious enough to tune in again next week because I really enjoyed this show from top to bottom. It opened with a a real good match between Rich Swan and T.J. Perkins as well. So overall, the work quality was good, but we got good storylines as well, which we very rarely get, and yeah, character stuff. From 205 Live, and all of this from an episode that had no Enzo Amore, ah. that had no Neville. Wow, that's true. Yeah, that hadn't occurred to me. And this was, I thought, a very strong episode. And and you're going to need weeks like that, because like NXT does that all the time, where, like, you know, I really enjoyed NXT last week, but the main event was Cassius Ono versus Hideo Itami. Like, the, the real cream of the crop top stars of NXT weren't really on that show. No, it's true. Um, But, you know, when you are a one-hour program week to week, you kind of need to stretch these things out. That's right. You can't have everyone every week, which is good in its own way. And so for a 205 Live episode to be as good as it was last night and have no presence of Neville, and never mind Enzo Amore and all the things he can do to get guys over, like, I think it's a really positive sign of where this show is finally going. And it's taken a really long time to get here. Yeah. Uh, and may- maybe it's just the injection of Enzo that has, like, creative juices flowing again. But, like, you know, we've seen this injection of-, of main roster talent before. Like, Sasha Banks had a little bit of a run appearing yep. on 205 Live when they did that mixed gender uh, feud between uh, Noam Dar and Alicia Fox and, and, Rich, Swan. and Rich Swan and, yeah. and Sasha. That didn't really perk my interest too much which is weird because I love Rich Swan and I love Sasha Banks and I thought their pay-per-view match was actually quite good. I thought so too. And that their presence as a duo was a lot of fun as well. When they were dancing? Yeah. You yeah. Can't oh, hell yeah. Handle this. Hell yeah. I was all about that. Really but good like stuff. That didn't do a lot for the overall show. Whereas, like, no. I feel like we're getting a great deal of benefit. I 100% agree. Live <laughs> right now. And that's 15 minutes. What a good 15 minutes Maybe it was. Maybe a little bit more. <laughs> well, yeah. there's some bonus I had to time open in the there. window. That's yeah, injury time. Yeah. It's like a soccer match yeah. for yeah, opening the window. That's how it works. Yeah. Just I need or a of water for the, the working man. That's fine. Take a little quick break here, and we'll bring it back for round number two. Round two. Fight. Justin, it is no longer Josh Custodio here. It is I, Jazzy Alpha Female, a.k.a. Jazzy B, a.k.a. Jazzy Gabert, a.k.a. Marie Kristen Gabert. All right. Uh, You look the same, generally. Do I sound the same? Uh, Mostly, Uh. yeah. 
Actually, I should have gone with you sound the same. You look completely different. Oh. My bad. I screwed up the bit. That would have been a good joke. What a great bit it was. Though, it was folks. I really Give him a round of applause. He sold it. He sold that as hard as he possibly could. Just like the ladies in the Mae Young Classic Final. Hello! Um, now, Josh, did you watch the entire tournament? I missed some of round two. Yes, same with me. Uh, but I watched the entirety of round one. Uh, two episodes of round two, and last night I watched the final. And do you feel like the way that they rolled this thing out over a two-week period, just releasing all these episodes at once for you to binge-watch it, helped the tournament or hurt it? You know what, Justin? I- I've thought a lot about this, and I'm actually glad you asked this question because uh, I want to talk about this on the show. I think it hurt it, actually. So do I. Uh, I think that there was a lot of content, and the episode breaking up, it wasn't too clear to me... Um, how it was playing out, what the exact trajectory was, where the stakes were. I, I thought releasing it like that was convoluted. Because, what did you think? Because part of what really worked about the Cruiserweight Classic last year, other than just like amazing matches and excellent commentary tandem, yeah. uh, <laughs> besides it and being really perfect, just the whole thing being wonderful, <laughs> was that it was like a companion piece for NXT. Right. You could tune into the network on Wednesday night and watch them both back to back and get basically a better two-hour experience than you might get out of watching SmackDown. In my opinion, night. unquestionably a better experience. Yeah. That was a rule in Wednesday night when you were running those two. Now, if they'd done that for this as well, I feel like I would have done a lot better job of keeping up with it because, like, we just did an entire round talking about 205 Live. If I have the time to watch 205 <laughs> Live, I probably don't have the time to also watch Four episodes a week right. of this tournament. And it's unfortunate that it got compressed so much because what I did see, I really did like, but I felt like I did not have the time to invest that was required. Yeah, my excitement going into this, I would say, was sort of, I was maybe, and this is my fault, not theirs, but I was looking to it to be another Cruiserweight classic. You know what I mean? I mean, Where that's I, kind of what we were promised a little bit. It did feel that way, right? I'm not out to lunch, no. but I, I was very excited for it. And I've got to be honest with you, Justin, the May Young Classic fell mostly flat for me. Now, I know I'm speaking a bit out of my ass because I missed, like I said, two episodes of the second round, but that's mostly because the first round didn't grab my attention. And see, I feel like that is when things started to pick up because there was some talent there. Look, there was some talent in the first round of the Cruiserweight Classic as well that did not measure up with the rest of the group, basically. It's true. Our own Bollywood boys probably fall into that category, and I love them, and I love what they're doing (laughs) on TV right now. Yeah. But... Two of the weaker performers from the overall bracket. You yeah, definitely true. You can't deny. No, certainly They true. were tag team wrestlers who got split into singles stuff against some of the top talents in the entire world. That's right. You, know, yeah. you, you put either one of those guys next to Kota Ibushi, neither of them are going to come out looking very good. Yeah, even my favorite wrestler, Justin Morissette, couldn't just be slotted in there and have well, a killer match. We'll yeah, see. Maybe With Kota Ibushi? Yeah, you probably, probably could, could, bud. You probably could. Yeah, yeah I agree, actually. <laughs> I've, I've turned the corner on that one. Um, and there was some great talent in this in, in this tournament that did get eliminated in the first round. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people were kind of mad about that, that they didn't get to see more matches from these people. But if you look at who those talents were placed against... All of that was, like, very uh, strategic. Yeah, and, and I think that's sort of clear once you're at the end of the road. You can look back and say, oh, I see why they did this. You wanted to get people. How do you get somebody to, to – how do you learn somebody's name? You put them with somebody they already know, and you have them beat them. I get that, but it did take some of the wind out of the sails for the tournament for me, I, I believe. G- I mean, I suppose so, but it also ensured that the people that were going to be a big focus for the entire thing – 
uh, you know, got great matches in every single round. Like, you know, Tessa Blanchard is obviously a wonderful talent, and yeah. she should probably get a contract out of this. Is she going to? Do we know things I have like no, this yet? We don't. It's okay. not really clear. Okay. But, uh, you know, she got knocked out in the first round. Yep. But who did she draw in the first round? Kyrie Sane. Yeah, I was saying, yeah. And that means that Kyrie Sane gets to have a great crackling match right from the beginning. In fact, JR, during the final on commentary, said that his favorite match of the entire tournament was Tessa Blanchard versus Kyrie Sane in the first round. Besides the final, it's probably mine too, I think. Uh, there's some good stuff uh, elsewhere, I thought. Okay. Well, I, I loved Piper Niven's matches. She seems like somebody to watch, I think. And she was one of the four competitors from the tournament who was in the crowd. Her, uh, Candice LeRae, Tony Storm, and someone else who was escaping me at the moment. I don't recall. Uh, was it Mercedes Martinez? It, it might have been. Regardless, those four, just the fact that they were featured prominently again, like that's probably an indication Good sign. that they're going to get signed. For sure. And I, I really hope that Piper does get signed because she – Brought something different than literally anyone else. She, uh, you know, has a, a different look mm -hmm. uh, and just like a believable power performer in a way that like someone like Tamina or even like Nia, Nia Jax yeah. aren't really believable. Yeah, the, her, the crowd got super into her offense in every match. I thought, cool. and uh, that bodes well for her to be a success in both NXT and on the main roster too. Uh, she was a standout to me overall. Uh, you know, Tony Storm was in the crowd with her well, last course, night as well, yeah. and uh, had some really good matches. And was also like 21 years old. Like, is she really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's so, okay. So there's there's some so there's some legs. There's there. some That's, high end potential. Yeah. There down the road for sure. And sh I thought her matches were good as well. Uh, but you know, yeah, a lot of talent just got knocked out early, and uh, but it was all to make sure that the women that they wanted to put the spotlight on all got the spotlight. Now yes. you were just talking about Jazzy Gabert. She also got knocked out in the first round. Yeah. But didn't Abby Lath feel like a big deal immediately for getting that win? I think I was just so broken hearted. But yeah, yeah, it, it, absolutely. Of course, going over somebody like that's going to make you look like a big deal. Uh, I just love Jazzy Alpha Female as I know her because she popped up on this Japanese MMA promotion Ryzen once and uh, challenged Gabby Garcia. It was tremendous. Now she popped up. There's probably a good chance that she gets signed as well. Do you think she, so? She kind of got the Cedric treatment from the Full Sail crowd. Came out. Yeah. No, Triple H was out addressing the crowd and everybody's chanting, please sign Jazzy. Yeah. And he's like, you know, every time you do this, you cost me a lot of money. <laughs> Which I thought was a great line. Great line. From him. Uh, but also kind of like a, a great indication that like the crowd really did get behind some of these people in a way that we can probably reliably count on seeing them again in the future. Which yeah. ultimately, if like you're going to come in to NXT with an established background and a crowd that already loves you, then this whole tournament is kind of a success unto itself already. I think you can't really deem it to be a success or a failure yet. I think you have to see where the people go to really determine how this is going to be. I, again, I wasn't that into the, the product of the Mae Young Classic, but I still think that it can have some huge upside. Where do you want to see the women that stood out to you go from here? Uh, honestly, they 
definitely seem like there's a couple of them who could step onto the main roster. Give me four. Give me the four women you want to take from uh, the May Young Classic. Who who sort of stands out to you? Now they don't have to be the best right now. Four you see something in uh, main roster NXT wherever you want to place them. Who who are some of the names that stand out to you? Is it a cheat to take the two ladies in the final? No, take them. Yeah. Okay, then obviously Shayna Baszler. Yeah. And we've talked before about. Uh, getting to watch her and the lengthy feud that she had right here in Vancouver. That's right. Uh, against her own Nicole Matthews. Against Nicole Matthews, who we got to speak to a couple months ago before, uh, of course, Ballroom Brawl back in July. That's right. That was a prolonged feud that ran for almost two years, maybe more than two years. I think over two years and by the time all of their matches are done. Yeah. And every single meeting between the two of them was excellent. Like, Shayna's star potential was quite clear to me over the entire course of that. And these MMA people who come over have such an advantage that people already buy them as this legitimacy. Brock Lesnar and Ken Shamrock before him have set this strange bar for people who went to MMA before where they go, oh, wow, this this looks real. It might be a placebo effect, but they definitely have that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Kyrie Sane, I think uh, it's no surprise that she ultimately won the tournament because probably the biggest star potential of anyone in it. That elbow drop alone, I know everyone's talking about it. I'm not saying anything people don't it's know. It's the greatest elbow of all time. I mean, it's so rad. I, I can't, And I was so it, happy. It looks physically impossible. It, it looks really like does. video game physics. I, I was so happy that they didn't have Shayna kick out of it in the final because I thought, keep that protected. Don't have anyone kick out of that elbow for ages. If mm. you have a finisher that cool, get the finisher over. Now... Uh, she's going to go on to fight for the NXT Women's That's title right, yeah. at the next TakeOver yeah. against probably Ember Moon. If Safe we had assumption, to guess. but I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see them take a left turn away from Ember right now. Um, Possible. I, I think you could throw Ruby Riot, Nikki Cross into there. The fact that we didn't know what was on the line, what the winner of this tournament was going to be awarded in the end, does that is that a problem to you? I was actually going to bring this up. Yeah, it, I think that, the, that they tried to make it some sort of hook to find out what they got. Wrestling is about the stakes. This is what get people invested. I mean, the trophy is ultimately what they were fighting for. I guess, but but if they if we, I would be way more into this tournament. They say Asuka has vacated the NXT title. We're going to do a tournament on NXT between these four, and we're going to do this tournament. The winners are going to face for the vacant NXT title. And, and hey, ultimately, I'm in. And ultimately, that might be what it's happens. Exactly what's happening. Yeah, but if they would have announced that at the get, hey, I have stakes. I'm interested. I'm watching a both shot sides. Shot at the now. title. Yeah. I'm going to see both sides. That's what. Not to listen. They love to poach from each other. That's what uh, the best seasons of the UFC's Ultimate Fighter, their reality show. Now, a lot of people were pushing for the winner of this tournament overall to get the NXT Women's title, which I don't think is fair. Terrible. Not just to Ember, but for like an entire crop of, of NXT women who, you know... To do that basically cements what the booking of Asuka already implied, which is oh, like that point. there's yeah. an entire generational crop of developmental women in NXT who don't mean shit. Right. They do not matter. That's right. And that's not fair to no. your Ruby Riots, to even your your Peyton Royces and Billy Kays. Or like, certainly to your Ember Moods. Yeah, all of these women who had the job for Asuka for an entire year deserve a run with that belt before they graduate. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I never understood. I saw this too, people saying, hey, let's let's have uh, the winner of this. They'll get Asuka's belt. And also, perfect sense. And also to, if you're going to do that and Kyrie's going to win, then she's a Japanese woman who's undefeated 
it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, you that's know? a good point. It also just doesn't make sense for a different tournament to get you the NXT belt. Yeah, and, they, people, they, and like I feel like the defense of that was like, well, we didn't know that the Cruiserweight final was going to be for the Cruiserweight title before it happened. It's like, yeah, but that belt didn't even exist but, before that match. But I still find that argument hollow because th- while that's true... It would have been better if that was the case. So why why would that not be here? It's, it's very yeah. silly to me. Uh, so you're taking Sane. I'm taking Sane. Baszler. I'm taking Baszler. I'm taking Piper Niven. She's yeah. a breakout star for me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae. I really like Dakota Kai as well. There's Abby Lath. I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of women here for me to make that final fourth pick, but I th- feel like. Probably overall star potential, just for how young she is, how beautiful she is, and how good at wrestling she is. I kind of have to take Tony Storm. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. I like that pick. Um, and honestly, I feel like Serena Deeb, even though she only got yeah. two matches in the tournament, really acquitted herself quite well too. And if you're gonna bring back a woman uh, like Mickey James, then why not bring in someone like Serena D back to NXT? I've got to think Serena is going to get a run. Not even on NXT. I don't know why she wouldn't yeah, step on the main roster even. right now. It's not like they're they are flush with feuds right now. But she was really good. I thought she really impressed me, especially for somebody who didn't impress me with her wrestling back in her, her original run. I was very pleasantly surprised. Santana Garrett is also one of those women who has appeared on oh, NXT multiple times. Yep, yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I think even her. appeared on SmackDown once or twice before. Uh, Did she? But doesn't actually have a contract. Has never has never been technically signed. Sort of a WWE. blue pants situation. Yeah, exactly. And okay. she's probably somebody that could stand to get thrown into that mix down in NXT as well. Overall, Justin, what were did you enjoy the May Young Classic? I did, and I thought the final was actually really good. The number so one too. thing that struck me beyond just the match being good was like looking at these ladies in the ring in Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler and thinking ten years ago. Mm. These body types would never exist on television. I think that's super worth noting. And you have it on the men's side, too. And I love this moving forward. I mean, we'll get to Kevin Owens next round. But Kevin Owens is a great example of this. Like you say, a lot of different body types in this. I I think wrestling getting away from the atypical, you must look like this. I'm all for that. Make it a bigger sampling of the general populace. I love that. And I think it's healthy. And there's body image uh, positivity that I love in that. Great point. And I love that about it. Obviously, Alexa Bliss is five foot nothing. So the fact that... Kyrie Sane is like five one and still gets to be booked like a destroyer. Right, is a is kind of it's it it's not without precedent, but it's still surprising. I wouldn't say Alexa's a destroyer though. I think it is a yeah, little. She kind of sneaks yeah, out for victory. That's right. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I mean, when you can wrestle like that and have an elbow like that, hell yeah. And you know, even that anime pirate princess gimmick that she's got <laughs> like whatever i don't even know what that is the but, wheel but people so love good. it i love yeah. it so, so good no overall i think the tournament was a, a success if we're gonna get all of this talent out of it going forward <clears throat> and that's 15 minutes and we will go from there into the people's segment the people's segment everyone's favorite a segment for people yes this is sunday night tweet Josh, do you want to explain to the people what Sunday Night Tweet is? I would love to explain the rules to Sunday Night Tweet, Justin. Every week, I scour the website Twitter.com, something you can follow Justin and I on, at Josh C with a zero, J0SHC, and at Justin Morris. Uh, and, and, I, and at Top Marks Pod for that matter. Oh, I hear that show sucks. Uh, this is, I scour Twitter for people on the active WWE roster's tweets. I try to find the, the weirdest or the funniest or the least fitting tweets 
and Justin, based off of only me reading them aloud, has to somehow try and guess who the tweeter in question is. It's a very is. difficult game, but I seem to do all right with it. You always do better than I think. We'll see this week, though. Are you ready, Justin? I was born ready. All right, let's start. Uh, how about with tweet number one? Sure, that seems like a wonderful place to start. So this is one of those quote tweets the kids like, okay? Okay. The kids are always doing it. No, they off. They can't get enough. Generation Z is all about quote tweeting. <laughs> it's really true. Yeah. Uh, so the the tweet that is quoted here says, "Want to be best friends?" At the the, the tweeter in question. The tweeter in question quote tweets this and just says, "No." So here's someone who doesn't. This this is from a guy named Bill Matz. Uh, it's a random fan. Just a random fan, and this this superstar does not want to be friends with them. Does, he's not looking for a best friend. No. Uh, so I'm assuming just with that rejection, he's probably a heel. He is not a heel. He's not a heel. He is a face. That's right. But he's not looking for friends. That's right. Certainly not a best friend. Mm. Certainly not for Bill Matz to be his best friend. Uh, you know what? I'll go. I'm thinking this will be a surprise pick. Okay. That this would be someone that I would think of as being very friendly, who would love to be best friends. Here we go. And I'll guess Sami Zayn. Justin, you are so close. Your line of thinking was exactly correct. It is not Sami Zayn. It is the leader of the Yes Movement, Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Of course. Rather than saying yes. He said no. no. And, of course, Daniel Bryan was doing a Twitter Q&A after SmackDown last night, so that makes total sense that he would answer that question. Justin, are you ready for the second tweet this week? I am. I'm just going to read this one verbatim, okay? Because it's, okay. it's a little bit. Oh, that's a little bit of a tip off right there. But I don't know what you mean. I only say that about one person. But I don't know about that, bud. Uh, ready? No, sh- hey, I'm a- you know what? I'm going to do tweet number three. How do you like that? <laughs> no, no, right, no. Tweet number two. I'm just going to read this one verbatim. Okay. Mad respect for people that hove the patience to wait till everyone is aft the plane first. Straight up Buddhist swagger. You're pure at Zen Hen. That is the Scottish supernova, Noam Dark. It is the Scottish supernova. You know what? I'm one of those people. I'll just sit in my chair. I do the same thing. Where am I going? I'm not in a hurry. Yeah. Five minutes. uh, Just just not worth it. You're going to spend that time sitting at the fucking carousel waiting for your baggage to come (laughs) down anyway. Yeah. You're going to look like an idiot. What are you going to do? Be like Justin and I, people. Just sit in your chair. You're not a care in the world. Me, you, and Noam Dark appreciates us. Tweet number three. Another one of those quote tweets, Justin. Oh, the kids love it. This one comes from a man who uh, I read his Twitter after, and I got to say, this guy, this guy really hates God. Uh, this is at no evidence for God on Twitter, uh, and this is in response to a WWE superstar saying that they were praying for the Florida uh, hurricane for the okay. people there. Okay. Uh, and the the quote tweet says, "Dear God, maybe don't make a hurricane next time, you idiot." The tweeter in question quote tweets this and replies, Faithless fool, when your time on earth is done, enjoy nothing. Wow. So this is a uh, a real, a real heated tweet. That is uh, actually, that that might be the best tweet we've seen on Sunday Night Tweet <laughs> so far. That is quite intense. Would you like me to read it again, Justin? Uh, I, th- I think it's someone who's personally affected by one of these hurricanes, uh, whether it is the Texas one or the Florida one. I'm going to guess Florida because that's more timely, and also there's probably more wrestlers in general who live in that area. That's right, yeah. Uh, and somebody who is a God-fearing man who uh, would be affected by this hurricane. 
you know what? I, he hasn't appeared on Sunday Night Tweet in a little while, and I guess him all the time, and he listens all the time. Oh. Ty, Titus O'Neil. <laughs> it is not Titus O'Neil. I'm, I'm on a but, cold but, streak this But week. let's say hello to Titus, because we know he's listening. Of course. Hi, Titus. A man who oh, is definitely first... going to heaven. It's the big dog, Roman Reigns. <laughs> of course. When your time on earth is done, enjoy nothing. Wow. He is just healing up all over the place. He is. Well, I think well, that tells a little bit about your disposition that you think loving the Lord heals him up. Are you ready well, for tweet number four? You, you know, when you die, it's, you're done. <laughs> that's not, I mean, that's kind of a heel thing to say to a fan, oh. even if the fan provoked you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. But I, I mean, no, when, I agree with you. when provoked, you should be able to attack anyone you want. Yeah, when you, you know? die. Yeah, yeah, just let them know when he even dies. McMahon. And, yeah, I'm with you. If provoked. <laughs> tweet number four. This federation, in brackets, NXT, is fantastic. This federation, NXT, is fantastic. Yeah, that's right. So this is a newcomer to NXT? Um, I, I'll say, like, a, he's not a newcomer to NXT, but he's, he's a relative newcomer to the amount of TV time he's getting. Okay. I th- in that case, I was going to guess one of the... Uh, I was going to guess one of, like... The you know this the new in influx of talent from Ring of Honor. Oh, I was thinking it might be like yeah. Fish or one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, if it, if it's not a newcomer, who you we want had, a hint? We, we had Oni Lorkin on Sunday Night Tweet recently. I'm gonna give you a hint. It's someone we saw at the house show we went to. Okay, I'm gonna go with the big man himself, the former, the artist formerly known as Dylan Miley. <gasps> wow, Lars Sullivan. It is Lars wow. Sullivan. The the giant man who is happy where he's working. Can we talk about Dylan Miley yeah. as the name of a big man? Uh, do you think that it's... feels like what like Kyrie Sane would change <laughs> her name to coming into NXT? Maybe not a Japanese woman, but like yeah. one of the women from the tournament being like, "You have to pick a new name for WWE." Okay, I'm Dylan, Dylan Miley. Miley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead, it's just this giant man. <laughs> The biggest the, man we've seen yeah. outside of Braun Strowman. Here's Dylan Miley. That's the name of like a teenage pop star. Lush well, <laughs> it's me, Dylan Miley. <laughs> Ready for tweet number five, Justin? Yeah, of course. So this this tweeter uh, is is talking about the I assume the uh, Apple X announcement, the new iPhone, the the other day. Okay. Okay. And the tweeter in question says, "So at Apple, what happens when the paint is on my face for work?" Because the phone unlocks when you look at it. Oh. So this the tweeter in question is concerned about the, the paint on their face, and he won't be able to unlock his phone. That's either Finn Balor or Gold Dust, and I'm going to go with Gold Dust. It is Gold Dust! Oh, wow. Yay! Only because the paint was like a big part of his segment on Raw this yeah. week. That, that's why I included yeah. it. I thought that it would be... Uh, you know, uh, well, I'm turning the tables, Josh, once again. Oh, no. This Not this of, bullshit. This, this is one of my favorite WWE okay. tweets of the week okay. this week. Okay. And uh, this is another quote tweet, oh, as all the kids are pitch. doing. Uh, that's a screen cap of uh, one of our favorite moments from SmackDown last night. Oh, Kevin Owens yes. backstage with Aiden English yes, as yes, Aiden yes. English sings the new theme song really for the Kevin Owens show. The Kevin Owens show. And, and the tweeter in question, the tweeter in question tweets, uh, uh, <laughs> Aiden English is the best part of SmackDown. That's the caption for that photo. And the quote tweet reads, every week, every 
single week. So this is someone on the active WWE roster. Yes. SmackDown superstar? Yes. Babyface? Uh, I won't say. Okay, so this is someone who appreciates his singing, obviously. Yes. This is, who It could be me, for all I know. Is someone who quote-tweeted that Aiden English is the best part of SmackDown with every week, every single week. I'm going to say that this is... Uh, I'm going to go with... Oh, boy, this is tough. I hate being on this side of Sunday Night Tweet. It's you hard. know this. It's, it's very, very difficult. Uh, I'm going to say that it is the underdog for the underground, Sami Zayn. Wrong. See, he would never say that because they're currently feuding. Yeah, I know. but It I... is Aiden English. <laughs> 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 I saw this last night. Oh. I absolutely loved it. Oh, that is and good. And I am not alone. It got favorited by a lot of superstars. Uh, one of these days, we got we to gotta talk about... Uh, Elias and uh, Aiden English. Yeah. How much I'm enjoying both of them. Both of them. Absolutely. But before that, we'll talk about something different in round number three. Round three. Fight. (laughs) Justin, have you ever uh, been headbutted or headbutted? Uh, no. Yeah. Can't say that I have. I, uh, this morning I hit the back of my head on my fridge. So I have like a rough idea of what it's like. But yeah. I've never actually experienced a head. I mean, I definitely have bumped into things in my life. Yeah, sure. yeah, and we know how how unfortunate that could be. Yeah, it's not a lot of fun. Yeah, let's just talk about head banging our heads on things for this round. No, it's not. Do you know where I'm going with this, Justin? I sure do. Kevin Owens headbutted Chairman Vince McMahon on live television last night, and not just that, but Bullfrog splashed him. He did like he super kicked him in the face. I can't believe you called the Bullfrog splash. That's the name of it, isn't it? No, that's like a mean thing JBL would say to him because he's fat. Oh, no. I thought it was because he has the bull tattoo. No. He's like, oh, with him, it's more of a bull. Well, I don't know why I'm doing that impression. But he goes, with him, it's a bullfrog splash. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, well, Not a frog splash. Well, I thought that was the name of it because of his tattoo. Or maybe because you're a bully. No, I mean, Kevin bull, Owens. Bull, bull, bull. Kevin Owens is like my wrestling avatar. So Wait, I don't know yeah, why I would true. be mean to him. All right, Justin. Let, let's start here because holy shit. Yeah. The Holy entire segment. Shit. We had basically the whole pay-per-view crew together. Yeah, we had a big here crowd last, here last night, night for SmackDown. to watch Sin City SmackDown. That's right, and it was a great show overall. Delivered. That Ty Dillinger, AJ Styles match was great. Those two guys have great chemistry together. Yeah. We bit on that near fall after the tiebreaker, probably harder than any pay-per-view near fall in. Ages. In the name of, con- uh, to give full context. The uh, whole room was screaming when he kicked out. Our friend Desharm and myself had a bet. I said that Ty Dillinger could win because I thought that uh, Baron Corbin was going to come in and DQ it. Exactly. Uh, so, yes, I bid on that. What, what a great match. The, the tag match. What a match, great show overall. Great show. I could talk about the New Days and Usos feud forever. Feud of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Probably over Roman Braun. the big story, of course, Kevin Owens. How? From top to tail on that show, he dominated the opening and he was excellent in all of his backstage segments. Look, we did a segment on Shane and Kevin Owens before SummerSlam, maybe yeah. like four or five weeks ago, in which I said that one of the outcomes that I was hoping for would be that Shane would turn heel and align himself with Kevin Owens such that Kevin Owens became the dominant power force on SmackDown. Right. We had I remember this. an active wrestler who's also a heel authority figure at the same time. And I basically got my wish last night. You 100% it, it, did. It, it wasn't 
you know, Shane backing him, but it was a delusional Kevin Owens thinking that he is going to take control of this show as a result of his lawsuit uh, <laughs> for being assaulted by his boss. Uh, doing all of the things that I wanted when I like made that sort of fantasy booking. Yeah, and he delivered in spades. Yeah. Every th- every segment, every single segment. Let's that talk he was about in some of the excellent. others, and we'll finish with Vince. Let's yeah. talk about. So you you're right. He nailed that opening. He set this precedent. The Kevin Owens show, which he was sort of running with on Raw, mm-hmm. now means more than anything. And we talked about the importance of star presence in 205 Live to give those guys the rub. I felt like Owens was given the rub to all kinds of guys yesterday. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler got his whole gimmick redeemed just by that Shane entrance. Nope, I, loved, I still hate it. I loved every part of that. There was a good 15 seconds where I think we all bit and thought it really was Shane I thought it was Shane, yeah. Uh, and just him being like, I thought I'd try out a new entrance, and Owens responding with, go ahead, no one else will be using that one for a while, was great. Yeah. And, like, just camaraderie between heels like that, seeing them interact with and support each other, is something that is missing overall. And he did the same thing backstage with Aiden English as well yeah. in the segment that we just mentioned in Sunday Night Tweet. And that segment was, I, I don't want to just brush over it because we touched on Sunday Night Tweet, that from beginning to end, that was a hilarious segment, I thought. That Kevin Owens is, like, this great appreciator of Aiden English's voice means the world to me, and I want interactions between them every week on SmackDown, if I can. He also, you know, got the only segment of the show that had Sami Zayn on it. And that, you know, it's nothing new for Sami Zayn to get sort of a rub of importance from being associated with Kevin Owens, but I thought it worked again last night and 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 really like went back into their roots and yeah. talked about wrestling and armories and doing road trips through blizzards and like ah uh, just every single thing that he did he felt like the biggest star honestly not just on smackdown Probably one of the top heels in the entire company. Oh, for sure. I, I want to touch on two things with Sammy Nobody Zane. gets heat like that. Like, even sure. on Raw, technically Braun is supposed to be the top heel. But everybody loves Braun. Yeah, no Everyone one, cheers Braun. Literally no one boos him. Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody has that just magnetism of Kevin Owens on the microphone. And to let him actually run wild with it over the course of an entire two-hour show... Last night was the Kevin Owens show, and it was also one of, if not the best episodes of WWE television of the year. And I don't think you can separate the two things. And I'm sorry to take us a step back here, but I do want to talk about how it's so great. The him and Sami Zayn thing, what what a great thing they have there, that they can go back to it and it gets a reaction. It's not quite shield level for that, but everyone recognizes it. When he gets on the mic and he's like the first change he's making to SmackDown, Is now that, that he's, he's firing, Sami, firing Zayn. Sami Zayn. We all burst out laughing. And then he goes and befriends Aiden English, who Sami Zayn is feuding with. I just think that that consistency is so good for his character and also good for Sami Zayn's, like you said. And good for Aiden English. Oh, no question. And I think you make another great point that, listen, we built this show around Kevin Owens last night. Also Vince McMahon, but Kevin Owens, really. And it was dynamite electric television. You cannot ignore that. Uh, So we've touched on those. Let's get to the main event. Vince McMahon makes, what did they say, four years was the last time he was on Yeah, Spotify? and I can't think of what that would have, have been. I have no clue either what that could have been. I should look it up, actually. But Vince McMahon comes out, billionaire strut, and it's clear now that We Vince... were thinking he probably hadn't been on SmackDown in, like, 
maybe closer to a decade. My, I, I, for me, I just can't. I literally can't remember him ever being on it. So for me, it was like, yeah. uh, I don't know when he would. I assume one of the brands split, like maybe a first 20, one. I've no clue. Though that's really weird. Yeah, I, I should look up what that was. And I said it to the room when we were watching last night. We know that Kevin Owens is just like us, and that's part of what is appealing about him. Sure, is that you know he's he was a kid who grew up watching the same era that we did. So imagine that. Just imagine yeah. being a child who came of age watching the Attitude Era, Stone Cold McMahon, and getting to live what he got to do in the ring. Just just to even share the ring with Vince McMahon. Never mind spar with him on the microphone and then physically assault him afterwards. Yeah, I mean... What a magic moment for him as a human being and what a magic moment he delivered for the viewers as a television, like, event. Basically. You gave me chills, yeah. I, I mean, what what a moment is right for him. I mean, uh, yeah, I just have to echo everything you say rather than uh, uh, saying it in my own words. Let's talk about the headbutt, okay? Yeah, because this is, has been a huge point of controversy. Well, I mean, first of all, I know that Shibata is, you know, he's maybe out for wrestling from headbutts forever. But but the how, man does six how, a match. Exactly. This was the how many only... headbutts do you think Shibata has done in his life? Yeah, this is why I didn't understand people complaining about that side of things. I understand that maybe it's a little insensitive, but WWE doesn't acknowledge New Japan and, anyway. And who is Vince McMahon going to sue? Himself? Right. Yeah, another, another great point. But a headbutt is such an admission of, I'm so ready to get down. I don't give a shit. I'm willing to sacrifice my own head against yours. Now, do you think the blood was planned? Uh, I think it was hard way for sure. Yeah, people saying Which, he bladed. What he he? he how is that even it's possible? It's on camera. You can watch yeah. him get headbutted. Yeah, in the head. and like the the it's it's a pressure cut basically. Yeah, you, the blood like rises out <coughs> of exactly where he was headbutted. You can watch him fall in slow motion. There's no way he bladed himself. Not even close. It, it was. <clears throat> just tremendous, and to see Vince McMahon bleeding, I mean, what an image that is. What, when was the last time you saw Vince bleed, or even in that vulnerable of a position? Uh, it's been probably probably the Randy Orton feud. I think I think that is it, uh, the, the punt and, and whatever else. I was blown away by this. The other offense that all went in, like you said, the, the frog splash, he also kicked him to the body while uh, McMahon was on the all The super fours. kick was the biggest surprise to me. Yeah. Because taking a kick to the body is, like, kind of whatever, you know? Like, that's not a hard hit to take. Right. Uh, taking a super kick to the face when you're a 72-year-old man, very impressive. And I, somebody in my uh, chat group on Twitter mentioned today that, like, for Vince to be willing to take the headbutt in particular and just be like, I'm I'm in, I'm game, let's yeah. do it. Like, as much as I have complained over the last year and a bit about the finish of last year's SummerSlam between Brock and Randy oh, Orton. Oh, the elbow, yeah, yeah. Like, somebody brought it up in, in the chat that, like, clearly he's showing Randy that he didn't ask him to do anything that he's not willing to do himself. Yeah. Which... For a 72-year-old man is insane. He's Vince McMahon is crazy. Oh, there, dude, he's a shit-eating wild man. There is no one like him. There will never be anyone like him again. In a lot of ways, he's the most interesting man in the world. I, I also think last night very much reminded me of, of something that I missed because in the Raw after WrestleMania, I thought Vince's promo wasn't very strong. But last night, I was reminded that Vince McMahon is one of the best performers in wrestling When he history. gets that fire. When he is there, and there's all these stories backstage of him saying, he tells guys, just punch me, just kick me. 
actually do it. Mm-hmm. And to see that come to life in the – I've seen an interview once where Triple H says he has to go talk to the guys after the fact and say, don't actually punch him in the head. Mm-hmm. Don't actually do these things he's asking you to do. But Owens – did Surely it. took Vince at his word and said, I will just headbutt you, Mr. McMahon. And wasn't it, like, the best thing that's happened on TV all year? Uh, I don't know about that. I'd have to think about what the year, but I mean, it was a it, huge yeah. moment. I mean, maybe, yeah. like, tipping the ambulance is bigger. Yeah, that, there were some. But, like, nobody gets to do this stuff to Vince. No. Like, that's a star. If If Kevin Owens was not already a star, which he absolutely is, that is a star-making moment, if ever there was one. Yeah, of all people, did you see Hulk Hogan's tweet about this today? No. So Hulk Hogan tweeted about the segment last night, and I fully agreed with them. And I, I don't have the actual tweet on hand, so I'll paraphrase it here. Just give me the but sentiment. The sentiment was such that he says, Vince can still really put guys over, and now all Shane has to do is put the icing on it, and Kevin Owens is money forever. And I really agree with Hulk Hogan there. I don't think there's a bigger rub than getting to headbutt Vince McMahon and kick the shit out of his son in Hell in a Cell. I think that's about as big a rub as the WWE can give it'll, you for one feud. It'll be the main event of oh, Hell in a Cell. Oh, it has to be. I would assume. Do you think Vince is at ringside? Possibly. I mean, the, it feels huge. I was a critic of the Shane. God, if that's the McMahon turn that we get, if it's a Kevin Owens Vince McMahon heel alliance instead of Owens and Shane, I don't think that's out of the question. Good lord, I would just like, I would <laughs> not to get crude, folks, but I was gonna say I would jizz my pants, Uh-oh. and then I might just never stop coming. Like, yeah, yeah, it's one would, of those. Yeah, just a fire hose. Do you want me to be way cruder? No, no, no. Oh, okay, sure, yeah, 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 why yeah. not? Yeah, you just, but like you're gonna you're gonna be like real that, happy. That's what I <laughs> like. That's a dream moment for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, listen, and I think there's a lot of seats. I think you could go the Survivor Series direction with this feud. I think since McMahon made rather, I should. Say I'm a nice here. boy, so I don't like talking like that. There we go. Like the moment required. It. I think you nailed it. Uh, I think Vince McMahon's promo last night, where he was talking about how he didn't suspend Shane because he attacked Owens, but because he didn't finish the job. I think that if Owens beat Shane. There Brutally. is some room for McMahon to say, okay, my son can't get it done. Kevin Owens, you're, you're guy. my guy. And he supersedes Triple H and Shane McMahon and all these other alliances. And Owens answers to Vince and speaks for him. And I think then you've got the Kevin Owens show. And that's what I want. That's I want Kevin Owens as the top authority figure, calling his own shots, just like being a horrible villain at the top of the food chain. That's what I wanted out of SummerSlam, and if I'm going to get it like three or four months later, I'm fine to wait as long as that's where we're going. Well, and I've talked on the show sometimes. I know that I can be a little bit critical about Shane's insertion into things. This is the perfect use of use of him as an avatar for his father and a shit-eating wild man who's going to jump off the cage again. Probably. Now, we were really worried last night that maybe Owens went so far in the beatdown of Vince that Shane is going to win this match. Mm. I think it's a big mistake if Shane wins, like, any match ever. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Shane At, gets at this point in his life... Like, you know, maybe beating X-Pac for the European Championship back in the day <laughs> was not a big deal. But, like, every time he's inserted into a program at this point, it's against a top guy. Yeah. And for him to win any of those matches is insane. And Shane is not one of those people who, like, God, needs a win to bounce back. No. The fact that he got a great match with AJ Styles was a victory for Shane as a performer. He didn't need to win that. He never should have won that, and he didn't. No. But it was was probably the best match at WrestleMania. We've talked about this before. That's right. And that alone 
is enough. Yeah, Shane McMahon match with no steps. And isn't it wild that we are likely looking at a scenario where Kevin Owens and AJ Styles have better one-on-one matches with Shane McMahon than they ever did with each other? If that turns out to be the case, I think you have to start actually looking at Shane and what value he does bring to in-ring competition, genuinely. Uh, You you can't place that sort of thing just on one guy. Uh, I think last night... I feel so into SmackDown right now, just based off of that. Can't wait to see next week. And it had a lot to live up to after a great Raw. I I thought there was no way SmackDown would beat Raw this week, but uh, here we are. Justin, bring it on. I'm ready for Shane and KO. I want more Vince McMahon on my television. Give it to me. And I hope we get it. (laughs) What a weird place we are in, though, that this is like the most anticipated thing going on TV. Yeah, I mean, Brock Braun... And uh, Cena Roman are both. Yeah, but uh, you know, like to the just the amount of dread that was attached to this feud when it was yeah, being yeah, teased yeah, yeah. out two months ago, for it to be one of the hottest things going is uh, it's it seems like uh, just just crazy town. I think that's a really good point. But uh, that's a little bit of overtime on that round right there. Let's move on, Josh, to the questions that we got this week. <laughs> we got three questions in this the week, old Justin. mailbag. Justin, I'll read you the first question here. Sure, I would love it if you did. This one comes from a local pro wrestler, dear friend of ours, at a.k.a. Xavier Galaxy on Twitter. And Xavier asks, if you could ride any vehicle in for your wrestling entrance, Mm -hmm. what vehicle would you ride? Um... I asked him if it could be an animal instead, and he said no. I've always been kind of partial to the Stone Cold ATV. Oh, okay. I feel like I could ride that. Like... I don't trust myself to handle a motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm not going to be the American badass, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the low rider for Eddie Guerrero, like the car entrances are just so overdone to me. Okay. Like Eddie's is probably the only good one. Del Rio's was kind of cool. I guess for a little bit. Better than JBL. And like Sasha Banks coming in yeah. in the SUV was cooler for like the overall entourage that she had than the vehicle itself. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, what else even is there? We had, of course, uh, People Power himself, Johnny Ace, (laughs) Mr. Laurinaitis coming out on the Segway, which is like the perfect heel vehicle for the character that he portrayed. Yeah, just really like getting around. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that ATV would be a ton of fun, though. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the ATV is a good answer. Yeah, it's I'm not as good as my one. answer, which uh, I mean, ideally, I would like to ride Xavier Wo- or, or not <laughs> Xavier <Whoa>. Galaxy's <laughs> body down to the ring, just like you know, whipping oh, him boy. like a horse, oh, basically. Boy. Because the feud continues. yeah, because you know, uh, I want to subjugate him in such a way. I wish that you guys didn't hate each other. Yeah, well, this feud is gonna last forever. I love you both. Yeah. You guys are like it's oh. very real, of course. Yeah, yeah, I never hang out with that guy in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't ever appreciate each other's company in a sincere way, <laughs> ever. Justin, F- uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> Justin, uh, I'm riding a boat in oh. for my entrance. Okay, okay. Yeah, just the entire arena, the entire <laughs> ramp has to be flood, filled up with rock you're water. Flood the entire arena. Well, and I need to get from the ocean to the arena, so yeah. I have to partially flood a city. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be a big yacht. Well, I mean this. The perfect timing to do this right now, of course. Of course, with all these with hurricanes. The hurricanes, yeah. The cities are already flooded. Yeah, which is really convenient yeah, if I'm being so we're honest. So we're going to have the show inside a hurricane-afflicted city. So picture this. I'm uh, DiCaprio and Titanic at the front of a yacht, and I go, It's time <laughs> to take out the trash! I'm the king of the trash! Wow, oh, that's... You're on a garbage barge. <laughs> 
That's what it should be. Son of a gun, yeah. you're right. A trash barge. Oh, ask me a question, Justin. <laughs> Our next question comes into us from Michael J. Foist. Hello, Michael. And he asks, if you could create any tournament with any type of wrestler and any match rules, what would it be and what is its name? I think we're going to answer this one together yeah. because we both had the same idea. Yeah, that was And funny. it's basically the only thing left for a tournament type that they haven't done. You know, there's not a lot of options here. I think this they've is... They've done cruiserweights, they've done women, they've done a tag team tournament. They might as well call this the Josh Custodio Invitational, because, ladies and gentlemen... It's the Sandman classic. No one loves hardcore wrestling more than your boy, and we are doing... A hardcore tournament. For the now reintroduced hardcore title. Oh, Hell yeah. So all this is, you're going to go swarm ZZW. You're going to get Nick Gage. You're going to get Matt Tremont. Now, the hardcore uh, title back in the day was, of course, like just the shell of the winged eagle belt falling apart. Yeah. What is our broken belt? Oh, great. The spinner. It has to be the spinner belt. That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, that is a great idea. You just take a sledgehammer to that (laughs) spinner belt and watch it slowly fall apart over a matter of like three years. What about like stickers that say just hardcore on it? So it's the spinner belt and someone has put hardcore stickers on it. No, it has to be like masking tape. That's what the old hardcore belt was, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Yeah? Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, masking tape over the winged eagle with hardcore title written on. So the match type, it's all going to be no holds barred, extreme rules. Yeah, the final can be a false count anywhere. That which, will... speaking of street fights, I loved that Usos New Day match last night. Oh yeah, and one of the best things about it was that setting up the table on the outside was the very first thing that they did. Didn't use it till the end. So by the time you get to that table spot at the end, I have completely forgotten so that awesome. it was even there. It's a great point. Um, so in the uh, Renee Young role last night, or uh, the host I, of the program, the host basically. is obviously Sandman. Yeah. It's you bring him back into the company. If you can't get him, you could bring in Foley, who's in good. Uh, great Taz company. has to be on commentary. Oh yeah, you do Taz. That's a great point. Yeah, you do Taz and who else? Michael Cole. Would yeah, you Cole and Taz. Cole and Taz. Bring back the old SmackDown crew. And yeah, like you say, I think that... Or, or is Joey Styles like so toxic that we don't even want to touch him at this no, point? No, I think... Wasn't he fired for like a web post he did on No, .com? he literally made an allusion to... the Oh, fired from WWE originally. Yeah. That may be true. But he was also working for uh, Evolve, oh, yeah. I think. What do you make? Sexist comments? No, he, he alluded to Trump. He made a... He made like a grabber by the pussy comment. Right. That was like a right, Trump right, right. joke after Gabe Sapolsky had explicitly told him he could not get political in any way. Not right. He cannot reference Donald Trump. He cannot like we don't want anything to do with this. Oh, and he so was like, Oh, here. my joke is so good that I have to make it anyway. When okay. It's a shitty joke. We're gonna le- tell you what, we're scrapping this. We're okay. gonna do a three man booth. Okay. Of the old team of JR and Heyman. And then we'll bring in Taz as second color. Okay. okay. Yeah, no, so I there, like it. So there's the desk. And I think for the rules of the match, each round, everyone will compete in the same one. So the first one, maybe just an extreme rules match. Yeah. Second round, street fight. Maybe a last man standing. TLC um, is the final. Abs- you saw exactly yeah. where I was going. A oh, TLC, yeah. Maybe a TLC falls count anywhere. 
Hell yeah. Well, no, or no, no ladder is the ladder cool. is, you know. So we do a Because we got that finals. hardcore title hanging from the top of the arena. And you get that thing on Matt Tremont as quickly as you can. I'm into it. I want to see this. I want to see it sure. so badly. Uh, they never do they it, would, right? No, they would not embrace hardcore wrestling again. Because that would, that would mean having to. If you're going to award that title, that means bringing back the division. Right. There's no way they want to do that. Who else do you want to see in the tournament? Is there Ooh. anybody off board that you think? Uh, I thought Kota Ibushi for a second because i've seen him do some wild shit yeah i guess but it like if we're gonna have somebody in that like brian kendrick serena deeb okay role yeah. of like somebody from the past the getting another shot yeah. to come back uh i might slot rhino in there oh i love that yeah yeah yeah. do rhino yeah do you think they could get rvd uh I don't know that. Like, how many matches is he still working a year right now? Apparently, he's just very expensive. Oh, okay. So he he's willing to work, but, but only for like big dollars. But that's probably by design because he knows that setting the price point at that rate is going to keep him wrestling a very small amount every yeah, year. Yeah, because his body probably can't take it. Very it much could. At this point. Yeah, it's probably a great point. So he did have a pretty good run with WWE, like not even three years ago. Yeah, he had that feud with Seth Rollins where like he absolutely kept up. And it was excellent. Yeah, which is, I mean, Rob Van Dam's amazing. Uh, who else could we could we get in there? Uh, mo- I mean, most of the ECW guys are pretty busted up at this point. So or dead. Well, some of them are, anyways. <laughs> Not to bring the the mood oh. down. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry. I feel like I just killed your momentum. You know how much I love ECW. Yeah, I just killed your momentum like you're an ECW wrestler. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's our idea. The Sandman Invitational uh, for the hardcore title. Is it going to be the 24-7 rule to defend Oh, it? hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. You gotta. Anything else? Any other ideas? For no, it? I think that's really. pretty cool. I think let's put Joey Ryan in there, too, if it's going to be a 24-7 sure. title. Sure, yeah. He has the social media game down yeah. for a 24-7 title. Yeah. Sure. You can throw anyone in there. It doesn't have to be a hardcore icon. Anyone who can work a hardcore match, which is anybody. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I love this idea. It's got and... Leatherface in there. Oh, dude. Were you at that show? No, or... no but you've told me about oh, it. Oh, my God. Uh, our final question this week comes from Pachico, who asks... What is the greatest tag team to never win a championship? That is a good question. No, it is super easy. The top guys. They won the NXT title. Oh, does NXT twice. count? Yeah, it counts. Oh, okay, I thought I thought he meant uh, uh, main card. There's a, okay. Well, how about the best in the beard, Punk and Brian? Yeah, yeah. That's that was an amazing tag team filled with two performers who were unbelievable. I didn't uh, even know that they tagged together. It was super brief. They just did like a couple of matches together and called themselves the best in the beard. That's a great tag I, team name. I don't even also. know if they called themselves that or everyone else just called them that. Uh, I can't remember now. Beardy and the best is a good one, That's too. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, them? Who? Anybody else come to mind for I you? I mean, Enzo There's and Cass is like the obvious answer because that's oh, recent. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even And they never that. even got the NXT titles. Yeah, that's right. It's tough to think of a tag team in the current era that didn't at least get a run with the NXT titles yeah. when like even the VOD villains got a run. Rock and Sock never held the belts, did they? I'm pretty sure they did. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just sure know that their run is much shorter. When I went back and watched their run a couple years ago, yeah. I was like, oh, there isn't that much of it. Oh, yeah. They, they must hold the belts. They definitely did. But that's the time, especially with Russo having the book, where you get a lot of these uh, single stars combining yeah. for a tag title run, which is extremely my shit. You know I'm always it's, fantasy booking that kind of thing. It's 100% in yeah. your bag. Yeah, yeah, I want that Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt tag title run. You I are, want it so bad. That pointing to the spear from years ago. Yeah, I, I, ne- I never have given up on that. 
That's my one true pair. I'll say best in the beard for my answer, but I, I think there's a, there's a lot of – are we counting, like, real tag teams or people who are, like, thrown – because, like, Mankind and Kane had, like, a tag run together, but I know they were a tag team. Yeah. Uh, Kane, honestly, has won the tag titles with a bunch of random people. Yeah, though, Daniel Bryan, Taker. Um, X-Pac. X-Pac. Yeah. And I, 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 we were talking about this earlier in the week, but I uh, watched a clip that came up on my Facebook feed – just of like a vintage wrestling. Oh, yeah. And it's Stone Cold getting called out uh, by DX, and he drops, like, he's jumped each one of them individually over the course of the night, and they're all calling him out at the end of the night for a four on one beatdown. And as he comes out, uh, he drops, like, a giant net from the ceiling. <laughs> this is like a SmackDown from 2000. Yeah. And he traps them all in this net and then runs in and beats up all four of them. And as they free themselves in the net, he gets back up from guys coming down to the ring. And Kane is one of those guys. And it's been a long time since I've seen like a Kane match from back in the day, oh, like dude. 98 through 2000. Yeah. But uh, really just struck me as a, a very underrated worker for how – how good he is, particularly just his strikes look devastating. Yeah, the Kane uppercut is legendary, right? But it's... The, all of them. Yeah. He... Every punch he lands looks legit as fuck. Yeah, Kane's interesting. I, I can't say that I find him underrated because it doesn't have any sort of like amazing matches for me, but the stuff he does well. Listen, I was more into Kane than I've ever been into The Undertaker. Like, that Kane makes was sense. so good at that something. That makes sense to me, yeah. It's, uh, anyway. Completely off topic here, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Kane yeah. for being better than we remember. Yeah, good for you. And I was legit, like, he felt like a big deal as a kid. Kane. Yeah, yeah. We need to do, like, a, a retro version of this show where we do three rounds on, like, old stuff where I can just, we can regale, like, anyone wants to hear that. Hell yeah, I know, I think they would. Justin, I'm going to make a plea to the people this week. I would love for you to do that. I, uh, our listener numbers rebounded last week, and it, it warms my heart. The In show continues way. to Absolutely. grow. And it, but it, not enough. <laughs> We can never be satisfied. Yeah, we are an insatiable beast. And yeah. uh, it's these reviews on iTunes. They help. They help like they're they're weirdly out of whack for how much they can help. And uh, uh, maybe I'll make a video this week and put it on the Twitter feed. Because it's shockingly easy yeah. to do this. If you're hearing this, what should I, I'll tell you what. Anyone Please who goes on the rate and review the show on iTunes. It really helps us just be prominently positioned within their algorithm. So uh, that that is like a very simple way that you can help the show. If you do not want to publicly out yourself as a wrestling fan, I understand that. I don't respect it, but I, I don't. understand. Nerd culture's it. out there. Just who cares? Uh, wrestling's having a moment. I'm sure anybody in your life would understand. It's totally cool for you to like what you like. Just be yourself. It's it's all good. Take it from us, two really cool hey, people. <laughs> we would never be friends if we didn't publicly talk about wrestling on Twitter. That's a hundred percent true. That is absolutely correct. So take our friendship as a shining beacon don't of you hope want friends? in the dark. You don't want any that friends? if you talk about wrestling and if you talk about this podcast that you friends? really enjoy, you might attract a, a kindred spirit out there who might become your best bud, and then you might launch a podcast of your own. I'll tell you what. If you go and rate and review the show five stars and write a review, even if you say something mean about Justin or I, I will read it aloud on the show next week. Oh, hell yeah. I'll read it aloud on the show next week, and we're going to determine who won this week's episode. Next week has a big show feel. Yeah. Uh, it also has sort of a a hot feel. Yeah. I definitely am feeling like 
there's like a good amount of spice to it. Yeah, next week's show already feels spicy, and uh, well, that, here's hoping that it, it tastes great because uh, it's, it's Curry Man. What? 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 Titus World Wide. Titus Worldwide!